This is part two of our class on Rosh Chodesh Nisan 5782. I apologize for the technical difficulties. Please make sure you listen to part one first. This is a continuation because for whatever reason the recording stopped. So we were we were mentioning that uh, that on this, this special Shabbat, this is the triple header we have. Rosh Chodesh, we have Shabbat HaChodesh, and we have Shabbat, and we take out three Sifre Torah. Now, in the special reading that we read for Shabbat HaChodesh, we read about the commandment for us that this is the first month of the year. This is the, 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 the whole idea of the months being ours. And we read also that we're supposed to then take and draw near a sheep for the sacrifice of the uh, the Pesach of the Paschal Lamb, and we always wonder why is this the first commandment given to the nation as a whole. We see where Rashi uh, tells us at the beginning of Bereshit that the whole Torah could have begun here, if it was just the Book of Laws. It could have begun here because this is the first mitzvah that's given to Bnei Israel as a whole. And the question is then, how does the Korban Pesach relate to Rosh Chodesh? And particularly to Rosh Chodesh Nisan, that we are given the commandment of Rosh Chodesh. We are given the commandment that Rosh Chodesh is the, that Nisan is the first of the months. And we're given the commandment relating to the Pesach. How do they all relate to each other? And one of the answers are that when we say Mishchu, pull away, when we pull the sheep, we're supposed to pull ourselves away from Avodah Zarah. Now let's remember. B'nai Israel come to Egypt. In the beginning we have Yaakov Avinu, but after 17 years, Yaakov dies. But we still have, for another half a century, we have Yosef in charge, and even after Yosef passes away, we still have, for another uh, 20 years or so, we still have his brother Levi with us. And uh, only when all of the, uh, the tribes die do we start, the, the original Shevatim died, do we start to disconnect maybe in some way and connect with the locals. There's always this danger whenever we're living within a culture. And we see it here today in our own time. We absorb the local culture. We absorb the values. So the values that... Our great-grandparents had, our grandparents had, our parents had. They, they seem to be affected by the time that we live in. So it can't be unusual. So we become immersed in the local culture. Now imagine B'nai Israel. They're living in Egypt without the Avot more than 100 years. And they're living in a society which is so connected to Avodah Zarah to this worship and particular worship of uh, the Egyptians seem to be related to astrological forces and the the strongest of their gods or the, the highest of their gods in some ways was this god Ares which is represented by the sheep and this is one of the reasons why they respected the sheep they had rules that you weren't even allowed to hit a sheep even a shepherd couldn't hit a sheep because there's symbolism relating to the God that it's supposed to represent. And they felt that they were under this mazal, this power of Aries, and the strength of Aries was related to them. 
and in, in many ways they served Aries. And we explained that Hashem allows Avodah in some way so that we have a choice. And we explained also that it's like going into a restaurant and you see your favorite waiter and he comes over to you and he gives you a hug and you slip him a hundred dollars before you even sit down to the meal and he brings you some drinks on the house and he brings you some appetizers on the house and by the time you leave your check is half of what it might have been and you give him again a huge huge tip now the restaurant is really owned by the owner of the restaurant but you're tipping the waiter paying the waiter who is like this power, this angel, this thing we call an Elohim of Avodah Zarah. And that's the relationship with Avodah Zarah. You're paying the Avodah Zarah. He's basically stealing in some way, taking from the Baal Habayi, taking from the Hashem. And, and, uh, and you're taking advantage. But there's always a big price to pay at the end. Because at the end, someone gets caught when Moshe Rabbeinu comes to Paro and he tells him that Hashem sent him, what does Paro say? Who is Havaya? I know all the forces represented in the zodiac. I know all of them. And one, all of us are subject to these forces and one cannot rise above these forces. And the way they look at the world is through fate and everything is written and Gezerot that are put down. So they want to see what the future is going to be. They look into the stars because everything is already there. And following this method, we have to remember that during those two centuries, Egypt became the most powerful of all nations. And the Israel had little choice but to buy into it. Now we also have to remember that the power of the Mazal begins when? At the new moon. So when the new moon of Aries begins, that's when Aries' power starts to ascend. And when does it reach its most powerful point? When does it reach its crescendo? At the 15th of the month, when the, when, the, when the moon is fullest, this represents the fullest power of that spiritual force. And we see even that when Moshe Rabbeinu, after doing the first nine plagues, comes to Paduan, tells him that the firstborn are going to die exactly at midnight on Pesach, on the 15th of Nisan. What does he do? He goes to sleep. So that's when we have, like, the children sing the song, Paro in pajamas in the middle of the night. How could Paro go to sleep when he's being told that this is going to happen to him in the middle of the night? Because he's so comfortable in his belief that the power of Aries, which is connected to Egypt, which is connected to Mitzrayim, which is connected to him, will prevail. And he can't even imagine that it won't prevail. So for us, B'nai Israel, there's a challenge you know, to, to overcome at that point, to overcome that connection that they had by living in Egypt to the Avodah Zarah, which was Egypt. And Hashem tells B'nai Israel that you could leave it, leave this behind, because this month is your month. The months, in fact, are all your months. Time is in your hands. You sanctify the month. The angels in Shemaim ask Hashem, when's Yom Kippur? And he says, I don't know. Go find out for my children below. It depends when they decide there's going to be the new moon, when they decide there's going to be a leap year. And also we're told that this is the first month, the first month of the year. Now we have to remember the Gemara tells us that Rosh Chodesh is really a holiday and should have been considered a bigger holiday. 
we have it as a minor holiday, but it should have been a much more important holiday. And when did that change? It was when we sinned with the golden calf. And who didn't worship the golden calf? Who didn't give the jewelry when their husbands came to ask for it? The women. And we see that for women, for the women, for Nashim Sadkaniot, that the women, that the, that the, the holiday of Rosh Chodesh is a much more powerful holiday connected specifically to women. And yeah, for some have a custom of not doing work on, on this day. For us, we say Hallel, we have Musaf. In the times of the Mikdash, we offer the sacrifice. What makes it so special? The tour, for example, explains that the Shalosh Regalim, the three holidays, are related to the Avot. Avraham, Yitzhak, and Yaakov. But he says Rosh Chodesh is related to who? The Shevatim, the 12 tribes. One month to each tribe. And each of those should have been a holiday. But when we worship the calves, we lost out. Now I have to think, why did they select an Egel? Now we explained in our classes on Kitisa, on, on the Egel, that in, in part of the, the taking of the Egel was that they saw the the leg of the calf as a representative of the angels. They saw the the ox as a representative of the angel Gabriel. But there are those rabbis that say that what did they do? They reverted back to the zodiac of Egypt. They reverted back to the gods of Egypt. And since they saw that Ares was defeated, they went to the next god online. The next one after Ares is who? Taurus, Taurus the bull. And therefore they selected a calf relating to this level of the Mazalot. So what is Rosh Chodesh really all about? Rosh Chodesh is meant, and this this is meant to show us that there's a way to break the Mazalot. And we celebrate Rosh Chodesh because even on the day that the Mazal comes forward, we are serving specifically Hashem. We're not subject to the Mazal. We are subject only to Hashem. And we hold en od midavado. There's no one other than Hashem. It reminds us when Hashem tells Abraham, Habet na, please look down. Hashem took Abraham to a place above the Mazalot. And he's showing Abraham that Hashem is the Boreh, he's the creator, Umanhi, he runs the world. And this is why these first three commandments were received then. Sanctify the new month because you are above the months. And this is the first month to you because even if you think that the power of Mitzrayim rests in this month of Aries, I'm telling you that this month is for you. And the third mitzvah is to take the sheep and slaughter it because you need to draw yourself. You need to draw yourself away and convince yourself that your connection to the above, to the horoscope, is all zero, worthless. You know, in Kedushah, during the week, we say Nakdishah. But when we say Musaf on Rosh Chodesh, we begin with the word Keter. Keter, crown, king. We're crowning Hashem king. We're saying, Hashem, you are the Boreh. You are the creator. But not as the Goyim say that the creator created and left everything to the stars. No, Hashem, you're the Manhig. You keep everything going. And we, as you promised our father Abraham, have the ability to rise above, to rise above the level of the, the stars, to rise above the level of the Mazalot and not be subject to the Mazalot 
and we remind ourselves of this always of on Rosh Chodesh. The Bet Yosef says, we say that this is a time of atonement for all Toldotam. What is this idea of Kol Toldotam? And we have this concept of Toldot HaZeman, the, uh, the, the happenings of time, the events of time. And what is it? This is a Kapara. Why is this a Kapara? Because on Rosh Chodesh we proclaim Hashem, we're connected to you. We know everything is you. Everything is about you. You're in charge. We're not subject to this. But then we go through the month and maybe we forget. And maybe something bad and we blame our luck. Maybe something happens and we say it's our fate. But this time of Rosh Chodesh is supposed to be a reminder. A reminder to reconnect ourselves to Hashem and to remember that Hashem is in charge. Every Rosh Chodesh is a connection to faith and it imbues that special month with a power that lasts the whole month. And like we mentioned, we mentioned that 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 the that the rabbis tell us that this month of Nisan is for the whole year. So the power of this month is to give us an emunah, a level of faith that lasts the whole year. The Bnei Sachar says and he quotes a pasuk with Hashem says I'm going to protect the Jewish people because they know my name if they call upon me I'm going to answer them and they ask a question what do you mean because we know his name what name and as we mentioned Hashem's name is we know the Yud, the K, the Vav, K but we have the 12 permutations of Hashem's name and as we mentioned we say this in the Musaf and as we mentioned this month it's Yismechu Hashemayim V'Tegal Ha'aretz we have to attach ourselves we have to attach ourselves to it. And we have to remember this word, HaChodesh, has a gematria of what? Chodesh, Chet, Dalid, Shin. 12 and 300, 312. And if we take the Shem HaShem, the Yud, the K, the Vav, and the K, in whatever permutation, and we multiply it by 12, we have 312. We know also that this is the first of our months. This is Chodesh HaAviv. It's interesting, the, the Arabs, they're going to begin Ramadan this weekend. They have to wait till they see the sliver. Then they'll decide. And every year, Ramadan's at a different place. Sometimes it's in the winter. It keeps moving, it keeps moving, it keeps moving. Why does it keep moving back? Because they have a 12-month cycle. They don't have a leap year. We have a leap year because we're required specifically to celebrate Pesach in the springtime. This has to be our holiday in Chodesh HaAviv, the month of the spring. And it's interesting because Aviv, we could say, is Av of Yudbet, the father of 12. This month is the clearest month. This month is the first month of the kings. The fate of all the kings is decided in this month. The fate of all the rulers of the nations is decided in this month. The heart of all the rulers of a nation is pushed in this month. So if you want a reason to pray, especially with, with what's going on in the world around us, where we don't know, where we think people are doing things that we seem to be irrational, going to war where we don't understand why they're going to war with what do they have to win, people even fighting against them in certain ways, all of these things be decided when Rosh Chodesh Nisan, that's tomorrow. This is how powerful it is. This whole month, the whole month of, of Nisan is connected to this Rosh Chodesh. Unlike other months where we have Rosh Chodesh and then we go ahead with the month. Nisan is different. 
Nisan, the whole month, we don't say Tachanun. The whole month we don't mourn, we don't eulogize, we don't do so many things. And I think that Nisan, and especially this first day of Nisan, represents our faith. And I think that's one of the reasons why in our community we have the song Emunim. Emunim. The, the reason we have this song is about faith. Because this is the month that a person has the ability to build up his faith, to connect to Hashem, to realize that these forces that appear to be forces, that fate which appears to be, that our luck which may be something we're not so happy with, all of these things that appear to be are all illusions. And really we have to have the faith that Hashem is in charge. We have to have the faith in Rosh Hodesh that it's not the astrology, it's not the horoscope, it's not all of these things that appear to be, but in fact it's Hashem running the show. We have the ability to connect with Hashem, to rise above the mazalot, to come to a place where we're not subject to the mazalot, and in fact we could be the influence on the mazalot below. Think about it. Be Avraham. Avraham, come out of where your place is. Avraham is crying. I see I can't ever have children. I see in the stars. Who but him? He was the greatest astrologer. And Hashem says, no, Avraham, come out of your place. Habet Nai takes him up to a place above the stars and tells him, look down. You see, you have the ability to change fate. You're not subject to the mazalot. This is us. This is us as B'nai Yisrael. This is us as Hashem's chosen people. The relationship is beginning from below to above. If we have faith in Hashem, then Hashem has faith in us. If we connect to Hashem, then Hashem connects to us. Yismechu hashamayim v'tagel ha'aretz. We have to connect the upper yudhei, the joy of heaven, with the joy below. Because when we do that, we fix everything. We bring the world into an aspect of pure shelemut. And we have the ability, as the rabbis say, to bring the Geulah. And when does the Geulah come? The Geulah comes in Nisan. Bezrat Hashem, this year in Nisan, we should all be zocher to see the Geulah, the redemption. Hashem should bring Mashiach. Amen.